I would like to share a devotion with you this morning. And we'll be going to John chapter 3. If you want to turn there on your phones or your Bible or whatever you use this morning. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Kids Church, dismissed. So John chapter 3, beginning with verse 3 through 7. The pastor used the same scripture a couple of weeks ago in one of his sermons, and I'm going to go off that and go a different direction. So thank you for being here this morning. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. What do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus, how can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of the water and the Spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. So this morning, I think that most of us, most people would jump at a chance to have a second chance at life, start over again. You know, we could... Maybe go a different direction in our lives, make better decisions, maybe do something different with our lives, or most of the time it would be to correct things we wish we hadn't done or make things better for somebody. And we know in reality that that's not possible. We can't go back as much as we'd like to. We can't go back and live our lives over again. But in a sense, Jesus did say that you must be born again. And in a sense, when we are born again, as we look at today, we can start our lives over again from that point on. We can have a new beginning in life. And we can because God can forgive us of our past, our circumstances, all that we've done. He can forgive us for all of that, and we can start life over again. And I know that just to say that today is, is nothing new. And... uh you know, to say that, you could just blow it off and say, yeah, I know that. You know, that's, I know all about that born-again stuff. But a lot of people don't. And, uh, and those of us who do, we need to take and consider that. And so today, I'm not here to tell you something you don't know. No surprises. But it's something that we need to be reminded of today. And so we're going to be looking at several scriptures. And <clears throat> the greatest thing in our lives is to sense a need of God in our life. And if I was in a place today that I didn't sense a need of God, then I would be crying out for God to show me that I do need Him uh, very much. And so, uh, you know, the knowledge of God is something we need every day in our lives. But, you know, some people may say, well, you know, are the common people on the, on the street, are people you work with, people that you meet, your neighbors may say, well, you know, why do I need to be born again? What's all this born again stuff? You know, everybody today, like the pastor mentioned in his sermon a couple of weeks ago, everybody is born again. Everybody's a Christian. Everybody, when they go to, go to heaven, when they die. And that's true. That's the way our culture looks at life. But Jesus said, Jesus Christ said, unless you are born again, you will never even see the kingdom of God. So there's a reason for that. So uh, 
A good question is, what does it mean to be born again? And why do I need to be born again? You're here this morning, maybe you're, either you're a professing Christian or you're not a Christian. And you're just somebody that's here. You're not, you've never been born again. So we could say, well, why do I need that? And there is a way the Bible answers that, and that's where I want to go to today. So if you want to turn to me to Ephesians chapter 2, uh, we're going to look at a few scriptures and see what the Bible has to say about this. <clears throat> so Ephesians chapter 2, starting with verse 1. Now Paul, is the apostle, is writing to some Christians in Ephesus, and he's... The Holy Spirit is speaking to us today here at Bluewell. And he says this. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. He says to the Christians there, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world, He is a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. So when you look at this right here, these scriptures, this is a description of a person who is not a Christian. This is what those of us who are Christians were once before. This person shows, this description shows us why we need to be born again. Number one is that when we are born the first time, when you and I were born, we were born wrong. We were born in sin. We're born sinners. And people don't like to hear that today, but that's just, that's just the truth. We're born sinners. And we're born with a bent not toward God, not seek after God, but we're born with a bent to go away from God. To want nothing to do with God. And that's what this scripture says here. We wanted nothing to do with God. We didn't want God in our life at all. And so, because of that, we lived in sin. We obeyed the devil in one degree or the other. We lived in sin to one degree or the other. And we, our spirit was dead as far as God was concerned. We didn't want anything to do with God. Now, if you're a Christian, maybe you can remember in your past when you were like that. I can. I remember when I... Church was the last place I wanted to go. I didn't want nothing to do with Christians or people like that, people of faith. I I didn't want to hear anything about that. And so, that tells us what the reason we need to be born again is. Jesus said that those in this condition is a helpless situation. It is. It's helpless. It's a helpless situation unless God intervenes in our life. We always get the idea that we have to go after God, but really, God has to come after us. He has to choose us. He has to draw us. If he doesn't do it, then we are hopeless. Like Paul described the Christians and the people of his day, saying they were without God and without hope in their world. That I mean, think about that. What a terrible place to be, with have a hopeless situation that there's no way out. Like, you know, you and I, we can't help it that we were born sinners. We live in a world that was... And sin, so we're born sinners, and so we sin, we naturally sin, because that's what sinners do. Uh, I'm never surprised, what, you know, with people I work with, or people I've worked with in the past, when they, the way they acted, because they were sinners. That's the way I acted too, so I was never surprised by that. So we must be born again, because of this situation right here, is we're dead to God. 
we have no hope of ever going to heaven. Now, if you don't want to go to heaven and you don't want to spend eternity with God, then, you know, that's a choice you have to make. But we should be crying out for God to show us our need of Him. And uh, over the years, all the people I've uh, talked to, you know, as you go through life, you have opportunities to share your faith with people and talk to them about the Lord. Of all the people I've talked to uh, over the years, if you ask them, do they know the Lord? Only one person out of all the years I ever talked to people, only one person ever said, yes, I've been born again. The rest of them, it was more like, well, I go to church. Well, that's good. That's good that you go to church. But lots of people went to church were never born again. People go to church today are not born again. People who, who preach the gospel that are not born again. And Jesus said we have to be born again of the Spirit. We have to have a regeneration. Something has to change in our lives to prepare us for eternity. And this life is only temporary. And the older we get, you know, the older we get, the more we realize that life is so fragile. And the bad thing about getting old is when you get to a point in your life when you finally figured out some things and you have some wisdom to offer, nobody wants it. Nobody wants to listen to it. But God's Word says here that we have to be born again because life is short. And we know that one day we're going to face eternity. And so we need to be born again. And that's a, that's what we need to think about today. Now, um, I want you to turn with me to another scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And of course the question that, I mean the question I ask myself, have I been born again? You know, it causes me to think, well, if I look at what Jesus said, have I been born again? Have I had a spiritual rebirth? Is Jesus Christ the Lord of my life? So, if you think about that, what changes, does anything change when a person's born again? Do I change? Have you changed since you've been born again? Many people today make a profession that they've been born again. And I read about people, they've been born again and they're, they're, they're believing God, but then, uh, you know, their life betrays that. So what happens when I'm born again? Do I really change? And to drive that home of what actually happens in a person's life. You know, with the scripture that I read in the beginning, Jesus was talking to a religious man. He was an older man. He was he was a very religious person. But Jesus said, you have to be born again. You're not there yet. There's something lacking in your life. So what happens when we're born again? Is there a change? And this scripture here really drives it home to me of the change in our lives that happens when we're born again. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. And here Paul again is speaking to Christians, and he says this, Don't you realize that those who do wrong will not inherit the kingdom of God? Don't fool yourselves. Those who indulge in sexual sin or who worship idols or commit adultery or are male prostitutes or practice homosexuality or are thieves or greedy people or drunkards, or are abusive or cheap people, none of these will inherit the kingdom of God. And I stopped there and I asked myself the question, why not? Is it because of what they're doing they want to inherit the kingdom of God? No, it's because they've never been born again. And I know that because of what he says here. Some of you, 
Some of you were just once like that. You were once that way. That's what your life was before you met Christ. You were lost. You were sinners. You were lost without God, without hope. He said, but now you've been made right with God by calling on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So you know, you don't know me. Now you may know me, but you don't know what I was before I came to Christ. You don't know what kind of person I was. I don't know what you were. It doesn't matter though, because all that is gone. All that is what I used to be. I could fit myself into the Scripture and say, hey, I used to be a lot of things that were bad, that were awful, that were sinful. I used to be a, a pagan. I was a sinner. I used to be a lot of things, but that's not what I am anymore because something happened in my life. And that's the, most, that's the amazing power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it can change a person's life. It's not just that they decide, well, I'm going to try to do better, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to, I'm going to go to church, and those are good things, try to do better, try to be a better person. But Jesus Christ changes a person so drastically. I mean, we can look at people in our own lives, our families, our friends. I remember a guy at work that I used to, to uh, work with, and he was, man, he was just so different. He he got saved, and his whole, his everything about him changed. In a, it just seemed like a day or two it changed. And I thought, that's just amazing that things have happened in a person's life. So, you know, whatever we were before, that was before. Now, we may have been something before, but now we are made right with God through Jesus Christ. And so things change in our lives as Christians. It should change. In fact, once we are born again, our life will change and change and change and change over the years till the day we leave this earth. But here's the biggie right here. It's one thing that changes. When I'm born again, I have eternal life. I will never die. I will fall asleep on this earth in death, and I will wake up in the presence of God. My name is written down in the Lamb's book of life. Yeah, there's a book, and my name is in that book when I accept Christ as my Savior, and I'm born again of the Spirit. And my Spirit, you know, God has forgiven me of all my sins and all my past. He has forgiven me. My record is cleared. And I'm made right with God through Jesus Christ. But here's a biggie here is that the fact that the Holy Spirit has come to live inside of me, and I am no longer dead to God like we talked about before, but I'm alive. I can communicate with God. I can talk to God. He is, he is living within me. And that's a big deal because the Holy Spirit lives within me. His purpose is to make me holy. And so things change with how I look at life, how I look at the culture, how I look at myself. They should always be changing our life. And here's a real biggie right here is that this is my viewpoint about sin changes. Now, nobody likes to talk about sin, okay, or, but it does because what did we say once before when we were, when we were sinners, we did what? We sinned. We served the devil to one degree or the other. We sinned to one degree or the other. Some, some more than others, but we all, we all were sinners and we were lost. When I was a sinner, I didn't keep track of my sins. Did you? Did you think about every day, at the end of the day, how much you'd sinned? Nah. You don't think about things like that. You don't count it up and say, well, let's see how much I've sinned today. I'm a pretty bad sinner. No. You know why? Because it didn't mean anything to you. You didn't care. But once I became a Christian, all that changed. Once I was born again and my spirit was made alive, the Holy Spirit was living in me, 
Then sin was something that I wanted to avoid. I didn't want to, to sin. I didn't want to go against God and sin. And so to back that up with the Word of God, let's just read it from 1 John 3 and 9. 1 John 3 9 says this. Those who have been born into God's family or born again do not make a practice of sinning because God's life is in them so they can't keep on sinning because they are children of God. So think about it this way. If I'm a Christian then I cannot have an attitude about sin that's just lax or that it really doesn't matter or I don't care much about it. I can't have the same attitude I had when I was a sinner because something's changed inside of me. Not because I want to, I've determined within myself I'm going to have this different viewpoint, but because I've had, I've had a new experience. I've been regenerated. My spirit's alive. And so I want to do the things that obey God, that please God. And so, what this scripture means is, is, I can't live in sin anymore because something's changed on the inside of me. I can't live a lifestyle of sin. If I live, if I'm living the same as I was as a sinner, and I say that I'm born again, then something's wrong with that message. Something's wrong with me. I've met people who, I, I remember one guy that I used to talk to, and he was one of my bosses, and uh, man, the guy, he just, filthy mouth, he just, cursing God and all this stuff. and But he professed to be a Christian. And I asked him one day, just I just got tired of hearing him. I said, why do you, you say you're a Christian, you talk like that, you curse God. Oh, I'm just doing the best I can. I've, I haven't got over that yet. And I thought, and I said, you know, to myself, I thought, you, you don't even know what you're talking about. You've never even met the Lord, that you could curse his name. Come on. I mean, I did that when I was a sinner, sure, but I didn't think about it. But being a Christian and cursing God, well, that doesn't... And or to live a lifestyle, for me to say and live a lifestyle of sin and at the same time say, you know, that I'm a Christian. Now, that doesn't mean that as a Christian, I don't struggle with things. We struggle with things as Christians. We will always struggle with sin. And it can be all kinds of different things. And fill in the blank. But that doesn't mean it's the same. Because there's, when I became a Christian, I was born again, the change was that there's a battle there. It'll always be there. Some people battle different things. We battle things, the Bible says, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. I mean, how much does that cover? That's a lot of stuff. So we'll always battle that. It doesn't mean that I'm not a Christian if I fail, if I sin. And Matthew Henry, who was a real intelligent guy, who's long Long to be with the Lord. He said this about being born again. He said, the definition of born again is a great change made in the heart of a sinner by the power of the Holy Spirit. It means something is done in us and for us which we cannot do ourselves. And I like that because many times we talk about, well, uh, uh, people say, well, I joined the church or I got baptized or you know, I did this, uh, and we think about, well, we're going to give an invitation. Do you want, do you want to accept Christ? But see, it comes back to the fact that if, what we talked about in being hopeless, if God doesn't come and give us the invitation, if He doesn't draw us, we'll never come. And if you don't, if you've never been born again, and you don't feel a drawing to come near to God, then you need to be praying, and you need to be saying, God, 
Touch me. God, move in my heart that I would see my need of God. What a terrible situation in life to never see a need of God. Or even as a Christian, to never sense that you need God anymore. That you don't sense a need of God. You've got it all together. You don't sense a need of God. It'd be better to be in need every day or be in a place every day as a Christian where you had no other choice but depend upon God. When all the props fell out of your life, you had no one to depend upon but the Lord. That would be a better place to be than be in a place where I don't think I need God. And I know all this is something you've heard before. But as I said, I'm just here to remind you. So, what can you expect? What can I expect if I'm born again? What can I expect my life to be? Well, number one, God is faithful. Okay? When, when I'm born again, God has made a commitment to my life. He has taken upon Himself the total responsibility to take care of me, to work in my life, to, to be there for me, to be faithful to me. God is faithful. When He begins to work in our life, He doesn't turn off. He doesn't turn away. He doesn't go away when troubles come. When the bottom falls out, He's there. Uh, Philippians 2.13, one of my favorite scriptures. For it is God who is at work in you. And what's He doing? He gives you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. God is at work in us. His Holy Spirit is within us. He's working in our lives. And He will continue that to the day we die. So, we know when we're born again that God is faithful in the work He has called us to do. Okay, and what He's doing in our life. Uh, secondly, I can know, tell you that when you're born again, you will fail. You will fail. And you will make mistakes. Even if in trying your best, you will make mistakes. You will fail. You will come short of things. But the difference is, is when those times come, the Holy Spirit will let you know when you sin. I mean, as it that's what he's there for. He's there to let us know, to keep us on track. And when we do fail and when we do sin, the promise we have is if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us. And we need to deal with it. We need to put it behind us and we need to get up and move on. So, you know, I've had plenty of times I've fallen down face first in the mud, the mire, and, and got filthy and dirty. But what do you do? Well, you have two options. Either you quit or you go on. And you have to repent. You have to turn back to God, repent of your sin, ask Him to forgive you, and go on with your life. That's what you have to do. We confess our sins. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And sometimes, you know, we have to ask God to forgive us every day, constantly. That's why Jesus said in the prayer, forgive us our trespasses every day, you know. You know, I don't try to wait till the week is, the week comes to an end to think about how much I've sinned. The Holy Spirit lets you know when you've done something wrong. It, and you may think, well, you know, people who have been Christians for a long time, they don't have any problems because they've got it all together and they, they know how to do this thing and so they never have problems. But really, the longer you become a Christian, then the more you have to watch because you can become lax. Uh, I don't know who had the quote, but somebody said, the closer you get to God, the dirtier you see how, the much dirtier you see how you are. You know, you see how dirty you really are. And as Christians, you know, even though we fail, our, our desire is to please God and to do what He wants us to do. To live a life that's pleasing to Him. Um, 
I would say one thing you can expect is to grow stronger. But you will grow. Now, when we were born again, a lot of changes take place. In, and I know in my own heart, there were things that took place immediately, and some things didn't take place for a long time. It, there was a growth. It's just like a baby. When it's born, it doesn't just know everything. It's, it just grows. Like Peter said in the Bible, you know, you desire nourishment, spiritual nourishment when you get, uh, when you're born again. You have to feed, you know, upon the spiritual things so you grow and you develop and you grow stronger over time. And, uh, that's what we have to do so we can experience the fullness of our salvation. We have to grow and nourish ourselves. And, um, the things that we have to do there to do that, you know, we have to have a prayer time in our life. And I know this is, People say, well, I, you know, it just goes right over our heads. We say, I know that. Don't need to know that. But ask anybody if they pray enough and how many hands people say, I don't pray enough. Okay, we have to have a prayer time. You and I are responsible. God gives us the power. He gives us the desire. He gives us the ability, everything we need to live for Him. Okay, so it's our part to spend time in prayer. That's something God gives us the ability to do. It's not that we can't do it. And we may say, well, you don't have time to pray. Well, you have to make time. You have ten minutes. You have five minutes. You start with five minutes a day. You start with ten minutes. But I guarantee you that it will grow in your life. Just like time in the Bible. You have to read the Bible. The Bible and prayer, the two foundational things in a Christian's life that's been proven throughout history. That... It's good to have people to pray for you. It is. I mean, I asked people to pray for me uh, last year. I, I depended on people's prayers and, and people praying for me, but that's not where my spiritual growth is going to come from. I'm responsible to get in the Bible. And man, today, look at the things there are that there wasn't around uh, 40, 50 years ago for studying the Bible, devotions and all kinds of things you can do on your own and reading the Bible. Learning from it, marking up your Bible, you know, and or if you use your phone, highlighting that. But getting into the Word of God, developing those habits, those have to be our responsibility. That's how we're going to grow as a Christian once we're born again. We have to feed our spirit. We have to. And that's the only way. There's no other way around it. Somebody can't come up here and pray for you that you'll be a stronger. You need to, you need to do that yourself. I mean, it's good to have people to pray for us when we're going through hard times. And we're taught to pray for one for each other, but uh, that's the thing of that. And and I would say that the you can expect one thing is that uh, being born again is to spend time in worship. I don't mean spend time in church or go to church. I mean worship with other Christians, not just go to church and be with people who say they're Christian, but to worship, to connect with people who are worshiping God. Uh, of course, the Bible tells us about all these things. It's not a secret, uh, the things I've said to you. But the danger for for us, uh, and, and even where I find myself, is getting to a place in your Christian life where you think, well, you know, I've been at this a while. I don't, you know, why do I need to have time to pray? Why do I, need, I know all the Bible. I know the Bible. You know, I, I know this and I know that about it. We can become so lax in that. That's the greater danger is that we become so lax and we, and if we, the thing about it is, is, is just the bottom line. If we don't, if we don't renew our mind and train our mind to think on the Word of God, 
you'll think about something. You'll think about the, how the culture looks at life. And my goodness, today, how the culture looks at life is so opposingly to what Christian Christianity says. It, it, but if we listen to that long enough, guess what? That's how you'll begin to say, well, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I, I don't think this is wrong. This is not wrong. That's not wrong. When we read the Bible, I mean, just look at the things I've read to you today. It's just, it's black and white. You know, it's, it's very clear. But we have to stay in touch with God. We have to stay in prayer. And it's all a growing thing. I mean, you're not going to, when you first become a Christian and people say, well, I spent, you know, I've, I've read about people who spent the first four hours this morning in prayer. I thought, I'm not going to be able to do that. You won't be able to do that. How those people got there to that place, they built up to it. That was what God required of them. They didn't start that way. When I first became a Christian, and uh, and I, I just knew you were supposed to pray, so I'd take a time to pray, you know, five, ten minutes. That's all I had as busy life. But those times begin to grow because uh, what God does is he starts with that, and he puts... Like I talked about, Philippians 2.13, he gives you a desire where five minutes is not enough or ten minutes is not enough. You want to spend more time. So then it's a good thing because you get to a place where you want, it's the want to. You want to do it, not you have to do it. Religion says you have to do this, you have to do that. But Christianity says I want, I want to be closer to God. I want to read God's word. I want to pray. That's a privilege we have. And we can get away from that. And, uh, that, it's our responsibility. It's black and white. Jesus told us to pray. He commanded us to pray. Will we fail at it? Of course we will. The disciples failed. Okay? They failed at prayer. They had to ask Jesus to, you know, they live with Jesus and they have problems praying. So how about, you know, what do you think about us? But does that mean we stop? No. That means we don't stop. And the thing about being a believer and being born again is that we start on a brand new journey. A journey in our life that will Go on and on, <clears throat> excuse me, till the Lord comes again. But it's a journey, and, and, and this life is so temporary. It's so temporary. It lasts such a short time. So we look forward to the day will come, you know, when we're going to live forever with the Lord. And in fact, we already have eternal life. And so today, I've been uh, here just to share with you this and to say that if you're not born again, I hope that you will give that thought. And here's what I hope you think about is that the Holy Spirit will make you begin to think. You know, that's how it really starts. When I became, when I was a sinner, you know what I began to do? I began to think about things. Think about the fact that I was lost. Or think about that I was going to die. You know, 100% of us are going to die. Do you know that? Yeah, we're all going to die. We're dying as we speak. We're all going to die one day and and where you spend eternity, it matters. It matters to God. It should matter to you. And if we don't want God in our life, you know, the Bible speaks in Romans about how the, even though God revealed himself to people, they wanted nothing to do with him. And finally, he gave them what they wanted. A life without God, you know what that is? That's hell because that's where the, there's never going to be any presence of God there. It's going to be life forever with no influence of God upon your life. The Holy Spirit began to make you think. That's what I did. I thought about the fact that I'm lost. Now, what brought that about? Was that, did I do that? No. That was the Lord. That was the Holy Spirit dealing with me, saying, you're lost. You're not ready to, to die, like in the condition you're in. 
And so you need, you need to make things right with God. You need to get your heart right with God. Maybe that's where you're at today. I don't know. Like I said, you don't know me. I don't know you. But I know one thing is that we all, whether we are Christians or we are lost and we are sinners today, we all need God. So don't wait for something, uh, some uh, catastrophic event to happen in your life before as a Christian before you feel like you need to have time to pray or you need to be, have, have time to get in the Word. Do it now. You know, prepare for that now. Uh, God is with us, and he's, he's helped us and given us what we need to serve him. And uh, these are just simple things that I know you already know. I'm just reminding both of us today that we need to put this and make this a priority in our life. Not only profess that we are Christians, but live, live the life that God has called us to live, which is a life of holiness. So with that, uh, I will end in prayer, and then I'll let Sarah come. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you today that you're good. I just want to say that, Lord, right up front, that you're a good God. Uh, no matter what goes on in our lives, Lord, you're still good. And you're faithful. Lord, you've been so good uh, to me. And I thank you for each one that's here today. I know that there are so many people walking in different places in life. And, and so, Lord, you're such a great God. You can speak to every person that needs to hear what you have to say today, Lord. Maybe they don't need to hear. I don't know. But I know that you can speak through your word, God. And I pray you would do that today. I pray you would stir us, God, as believers, if we are believers, to know the Lord more, to spend time in prayer as a thing that we want to do in your word, a desire that we want want to do that, Lord. And I pray for those who are not believers that they would open up their hearts today if you'll hear your voice, don't harden your hearts. Don't turn away, but to turn toward God, to turn to you, Lord. And with our hearts and our lives, I allow you to have your way in our lives. And prepare us, Lord, for eternity, for the time, the time to come, Lord, when heaven and earth will pass away, Lord. And the new heaven and new earth will be here, and we will live in that new place with you forever. Thank you, Father, for your love and your faithfulness. Your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness, Lord. We praise you in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you.